Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Mark Harris. We recorded this last month over Skype, and I recorded my musical parts afterwards. Shout out to Cindy Barrett Gilchrist for raising their pledge amount over at Get Up in the Cool's Patreon. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the secret weekly bonus track podcast that comes with your new pledge amount. This week, Mark and I play his slow and groovy You Piney Mountain, and it's a great jam, and I hate to relegate it to the bonus track podcast, but I'm glad you get to hear it now, as well as the backlog of 10 hours of bonus tracks that have accumulated over the last four and a half years. Thanks again, Cindy. It means a lot. If you're listening to this and you want to chip in like Cindy, follow the link in the show notes to patreon.com slash getupinthecool, sign up, and get yourself some exclusive rewards. One more thing before we get started, I'm teaching my pitchfork banjo technique and performing for the Winter Online Old Time Banjo Festival January 29th through the 31st. Early bird tickets are available before December 30th, which is coming up. Also on the bill are Dan Gellert, Ivy Shepard, Steve Boffman, and former guests of the show, Gabrielle McRae as half of the Horsenecks, Maggie Shar, and of course, the hosts of this quarterly event, Kathy Fink and Brad Kalodner. Follow the link in the show notes, and I'll see you in the comments section come the end of January. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Mark Harris and buy his incredible new album, Old Time Guitar. I'm obsessed with it. You gotta get it. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Yes. Mark Harris, welcome back to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for having me. You were on first uh, with Dominica uh, mm-hmm. as Bitter Bloom, your duo, mm-hmm. uh, back when we both lived in Philadelphia two years ago? Maybe three? Yeah, something something like that. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the interim, you would every once in a while post this little a little video of you playing old-time fiddle music on solo guitar. And you'd, you're, you're always playing them full speed, and you're catching a lot if not most of or all of the notes of the fiddler. But what has always made your playing to me stand out from other, you know, bluegrass guitarists who are playing fiddle melodies is that it's, it's always driving in a way that feels like a fiddler. It feels like you're capturing an old time sound and you're not just doing this bluegrass deagle, 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 you know, like getting the little, which I love. I'm not, I don't mean that in a pejorative way at all. I love that sound. But there's always this moment when the, when the guitar comes in for the, for the, to play the melody, you know, uh, where everyone has to sort of back off, you know, and, and comp real quiet and make mm-hmm. room. And when you play a melody, it's so powerful and it's so driving and, yeah, you're you're my favorite guitar player who plays fiddle melodies, uh, and I'm going to try to limit my gushing. But I love <laughs> what <laughs> I love what you do. Uh, Matt Brown and I have been like um, bothering you to make an album for a while, <laughs> and you've finally done it. Yes, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, well, as I said, thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate those very kind words um i uh i definitely have played a lot of that in that sort of bluegrass sort of style because you know if you're learning at a flat pick that's kind of uh that's where you where you learn it um that's that's where the where the players are um but uh yeah i uh over time i just started to get more more frustrated with um yeah, there's this issue of volume, like being able to project and um, going to a bunch of old time jams. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no section where everybody's quiet and you can hear the guitar player. Yeah. If you want, if you want to be part of the sound um, melodically, you've got to play loud enough to uh, compete with like five fiddlers or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And I definitely, you know, I um, I definitely can't always do that. Sometimes sure. I, sometimes I, uh, I. Uh, I I come home from a jam and I'm just really sore. I'm like, oh, I've been playing like twice as hard as I as I usually do, or as I should, um, just just in you know to try and try and hear myself. But um, yeah, the you know, I think just I've I've been the story of kind of me trying to kind of play fiddle tunes or banjo tunes in, in this in a way that sort of feels at home in old time has been yeah a lot of it's been about trying to get that drive um trying to get my right hand to do this the kind of uh pulses and accents that you would hear in a in a fiddle um 
uh, here of here in all time fiddler do um and also trying to like you know i think this is something that something that also that has been like part of my playing since before old time is just always wanting to get a little bit more out of the instrument and like trying to trying to you know play like like trying to play like uh not just the kind of uh, melody part, but sort of try and get some like chords and bass notes in there um, and sort of really fill out the sound if I can. And um, so that kind of started off fairly, uh, fairly modest, but has, um, as I've kind of, you know, developed, like learn new tunes and sort of uh, experimented more, it's kind of gone a little out of control. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's really interesting to watch your hand and arm posture as you're playing because it just looks so different from um, a bluegrass uh, flat picking, like a bluegrass player flat picking out a melody. Um, often I'll see bluegrass players, they'll sort of anchor their, their wrist or palm like right on or near the bridge. Um, and, and then it becomes just, just fine motor skills, you know, and they'll, they'll, there'll be this, this visual change in posture. Now it's time to play the melody. Um, and that, yeah. And there's not always like a very elegant switch back and forth between those two modes and your right hand and arm, you just look like you're playing. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit more, you know, kind of, uh, shaking, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> kind of, like, it looks like, you know, like, um, then like maybe a typical boom chuck backup guitar, but you're using your whole arm and um, and there's a clear backbeat when you're playing. And, and it seems like you almost never like even when I'm like playing, you know, banjo, um, you know, there will be these moments where I want to fill out a line um, and and, you know, trace what the fiddler is doing more accurately. And uh, in order to do that, I'll have to drop the backbeat or drop the pulse um, in order to get a line of notes. And I don't think I like ever see you doing that. It's just <laughs> always like bang, bang, bang. And it's like really fascinating to see you. Um, it just, it just seems like you're not making any compromises, which is kind of magical <laughs> to watch. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate you saying that. I, I definitely, I definitely do feel sometimes that I end up in that same situation you were describing where there are there are compromises but um I'm and, sure. I, and I'm like having to I'm having to but uh you know I'm glad that it's I can sort of cover up those compromises in a way that is uh sort of convincing enough yeah I mean and that's uh that's what musicality is is you know <laughs> like uh um it's sort of a sleight of hand trick and that's I think what people like they want to. They want to get tricked into thinking that they heard a fiddle version of, you know, uh, note for note, uh, like the source. Um, but they didn't. You know. Yeah. That's... But to feel, it's got to feel like that. And that means that you have to have a certain amount of musical wisdom to know which compromises are tasteful and will and will um, gesture at the melody appropriately. Yeah. Uh... And as I've as I've sort of played, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with the guitar kind of just the like limitations and the the sure. realities of the guitar. Like I think when I first started, I would really put a lot of pressure on myself to absolutely play like every 
every note that the fiddler would play, um, you know, sort of trying to like prove that I could do it. Um, it's relatable. Yeah, but but as I've as I've uh, you know gotten a little bit more comfortable with 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 playing this sort of style yeah. and a little bit more uh, kind of self aware, I guess, about sort of how I'm playing and sort of what kind of sound I'm producing, I'm a lot more comfortable like you know making those kinds of compromises and feeling like I can I can make them and not be sort of cheating or. Um, yeah, sure. And you know, like getting a lot of like a lot of uh, inspiration from like the way Clawhammer banjo players will will negotiate that that sort of decision. And you know, there'll definitely be on that people. There are players on different ends of the spectrum. Yes. Uh, but just getting inspiration from the way um, the way that's that's a really uh, present kind of conversation in Clawhammer banjo playing as I understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you're sort of trying to get some inspiration from that and being like, oh, I can also kind of join in in this conversation and I can figure out my own way of figuring out, you know, of balancing that uh, melody versus kind of rhythmic drive versus, um, yeah. Uh, watching your left hand too is also really interesting because you seem to be playing... I mean, it kind of it kind of looks like when I see Clawhammer banjo players switching positions, it seems like you have these anchors down, like when you'll when you'll play up high, or or depending on what the what the chord is uh, in open position, you know, you'll. I don't see your fingers moving that much. That's the thing. It doesn't look like huh. uh, just flailing fingers. It looks like every finger kind of has a job. And is either holding down a note kind of in a chord shape or is muting a string so that your right hand can look the way that it does. Which is kind of fascinating to watch. I don't really understand what I'm seeing, but that's what it seems what seems. No, like that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Like I, I have like definite sort of places on the neck where I'm comfortable, sort of where it's like yeah, I'm in a particular key and I'm trying to kind of and I'm playing this melody and I'm trying to kind of you know, play the root, the the kind of tonic chord of the key, or it might be you know some other chord in the key, and just um, it's a place where I feel like I have access to the to the right melody notes, but also the right kinds of drones and um, sort of ringing, you know, other stuff that's kind of ringing out. Um, and so there's definitely like over the time I've sort of figured out where I like to where I like to be, and mm. you know, because often it's it's like. Uh, it's just centered around like one key, like drone um, note, which, if I'm lucky, is open an open string. But uh, often sure. on often on guitar is not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so because so you don't to, really use alternate tunings much, do you? I didn't for a long time. Um, mm. I the tune I just played uh, was in a alternate tuning. Um, oh, which one? Well, it's not a standard alternate tune. It's Is it um, one that you made up. Yeah, yeah. So oh, cool. I've, as I've played more of the more of the the solo stuff, yeah. In an effort to get more things ringing out, um, you know, in the absence of any kind of backup instrument uh, or any kind of chordal sort of accompaniment, I've sort of played around more with uh, with some alternate tunings, um, and so. Basically, it's kind of like, uh, so do you know, like drop D on a guitar? Yeah, yeah. So it's basically taking that a little bit further where I, I'll keep the drop D 
And then if I'm playing some stuff in G, I'll drop the fifth string, the A string down to a G. Uh, so okay. it's kind of like an open G tuning, except my top uh, strings are, my high E string is still, uh, is still tuned standardly to E. Yeah. Um, and that's just so that I, because all of the melody stuff, I feel like is uh, super dependent for me on, on having that. That shape. That, that sort of, uh, that tuning in the top strings. And then yeah. I can sort of allow for these discrepancies for the, for the bass strings. Um, uh, you know, in terms of just being able to reach as many notes as possible, it's really convenient to have the, um, the top three or four strings be as kind of as usual. Um, gotcha. So that one was actually the, the next step in the process. It's like I was playing it out of C. Yeah. So I'm playing, um, so I have my, my bottom three strings all tuned down a whole step. And that, oh, makes, it gotcha. e that makes it easy to get a, a droning uh, C bass note. Wait, so <laughs> they're, they're all tuned down a whole step from standard or from the tuning that you just described? Oh, no, they're all tuned down a whole step from standard. Okay, gotcha. So, so I've got uh, D, G, C, G, oh. B, E. So it's definitely not an open tuning because, well, it's like a, it's a weird chord. <laughs> um, uh, but I can, I can grab a really, a really nice shape that allows yeah. me to sort of drone on those lower strings and kind of also, but also at the same time reach a lot of the notes that I want. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun with that. That's something that's really only, only taken off like this year as I've been recording the album. Um, yeah. But it's meant that I can, uh, it's nice to have that, you know, that difference of the, in the resonance of the instrument across different tracks. Um, yeah. uh, it's something I didn't really do a lot beforehand because, um, you know, often I'd be, switching back and forth between yeah. uh, uh, backup playing and, and melodic playing, um, especially at, you know, at a jam where like the tune is going on for like five minutes um, <laughs> or six minutes or seven minutes. Yeah. And, and I, I just, you know, I don't have the, the uh, if it's a really fast one, I don't necessarily have the, the, the energy or the, the kind of uh, stamina to cut play melodically through the whole thing. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'd be switching back and forth, um, and that that can be tricky when in these sort of weirder tunings. Uh, so I'm still getting my head around that. Sure. What what was that first tune? That was uh, Sid Hemphill's Rice Draw. That makes sense with the the key change. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I've just really been digging that tune, uh, and uh, that's a that's a fairly new one to me, but um, it's definitely one of my favorites right now. And it really it really sort of felt like it fit into this this tuning I've been playing around with. Do you just um, like skulk around Slippery Hill and look for guitar friendly <laughs> fiddle tunes, or like how what is your process there? Uh, yeah, um, that was definitely true at first. Uh, uh -huh. You know, more more and more as I've kind of gotten you know to be sort of have more of an old time community. Uh, there's, you know, it's often now just like people playing tunes for me or, or sending me something and being like, oh, I wonder how this would sound on guitar. Um, Matt Brown had a thing where he was, he, he really wanted to hear a lot of Gary Harrison tunes on, 
on guitar and so, mm. <laughs> so I obliged him there uh, that one uh, you know recently I've uh, I, I've been trying to put in some you know as well as recording the album I've been trying to put in some much needed work on trying to be more educated about uh, the black fiddler tradition mm. um, and black string band music um, because uh, that's something that I, I felt uh, there was a need to kind of really really know more about it and be be more aware of that um, sure so um so yeah that's that's kind of where you know so this you know i've been that's where i kind of came across uh the sid hempel stuff and mm. uh and um you know frazier and patterson and kush bertram and uh yeah right on that's a that's a good reason and also i mean i i'm not i'm not very familiar with sid hempel i think that the instinct to to dive into that history is really important but the thing that's going to keep you there is how good all the music is. <laughs> it's so cool. You know, it's like you have like, you know, maybe a lofty idea of like why you want to get started. And then you actually start listening to black string band music. It's like, well, this is all I want to listen to anyway, because totally. it's so great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and you find yourself having the thought, like listening to some of this, like um, there's another track on my album, uh, uh, a Frasier and Patterson one that is just the, best craziest source recording i've ever heard oh which it's a, one it's a tune called my journey home i love that one. Oh, yeah. you have a guitar version of that i have a guitar version of that oh awesome right on. um so yeah like there you, you find yourself listening to this stuff that is just like uh so amazing and so so groovy and so um so just like everything that you love about old time music yeah. and and you have you find yourself having the thought like why isn't everybody playing this all the time? I and mean, of course you know why everybody you know uh, yeah. for t- tragic systemic reasons. But you know it's just yeah. yeah you find yourself you know you find yourself listening to this stuff and it's like where have you been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> why would anyone bury this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, and I'm still I'm still on that journey. I'm still sort of trying to be more aware of of that history and and. Um, kind of have it be more more something that I can, that I and, you know, other people can sort of foreground more. But, um, but you know, but I'm still, I still feel like I, I don't know a lot and I'm, I'm sort of trying to, trying to teach myself. Word. You know, obviously, well, obviously helped by people like Jake Blunt who are doing amazing work. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank God for him. Yes. <laughs> well, what else do you want to play today? Uh, I might get into a different tuning and uh, I'll play I'll play Lost Girl Wonderful I don't know if you can hear but my son is just like my baby son is just like screaming in the background (laughs) (laughs) Not, not because he's like throwing a fit but just because he can (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> ah! but pitched up a couple octaves yeah my my friends who who have young kids have sort of told me about this the like progression of just like real you know a, a, a child like realizing their power like just yeah and it just exercising it just for the joy of like yeah. you know so whatever new thing it is um it's just i want to do that all the time and you know yep if it happens to be screaming then <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really great when we're like, you know, 
trying to watch a movie or something. And he's just like, hey! <laughs> Look down here! <laughs> uh, are you all uh, all tuned up? Yep. Well, which which one which one of these tunings are you in now? Oh, which what, ones? Which tunings? Uh, yeah, I'm in the the G one. So basically, oh, it's very good. Just the bottom two uh, tuned down a whole step. Cool. That's so pretty. That's so great. And I, I believe you did a Lost Boy last time you were on the show. Oh, that's right. So you're bringing yeah. it around. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, who who's Lost Girl is that one? Salyer. I can never, I can never keep him straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Salyer one. Wonderful. I think I wasn't going to put that on the album, but then, you know, just like halfway through the process, I'm like, I love this tune. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's one, it's one that I've, that, that for a long time I've played on guitar and it just feels really, feels really good on guitar. It feels really, well, insofar as anything feels like any tunes feel natural on guitar, like that one does. (laughs) Yeah. Are there any, um, are there any tunes that you put on the record that are, just like way out of your wheelhouse or like that that took an extra amount of effort to adapt do you have any white whale fiddle tunes 
Uh, there are definitely some that I didn't put on the album that <laughs> that are like that because <laughs> I and I would maybe was thinking about and then went, you know what? I don't need this this stress. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally <laughs> relatable. Um, a, yeah. So where did you record this album? Like, how did you go about doing it in these times? You, did you start after lockdown? Yeah, so I I had a studio uh, date booked, uh, and it was like... The, the, it ended up being the day after the Colorado lockdown went into effect. Cool. Uh, so I so I had, I was all ready to go in, and then we had to we had to cancel. And um, and then sort of as as things drew, uh, drew on, and I think we all began to realize like how um, how much of a fixture the pandemic would be. Um, I just started to sort of flirt more with the idea of recording at home. Hmm. Uh, and so at first it was just like just trying out some things and just kind of seeing what kind of sound I could get but um, yeah I ended up going that route and I I you know just have a, have a very minimal home studio and uh, kind of learn as I was going because I, I am uh, I do not have a lot of recording experience it seems like a lot of folks have gone that route these mm-hmm. I mean this year um, and they're like, I guess it's time to figure it out. <laughs> How are yeah. we going to do this? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, everyone's kind of, it's like everyone made a baby during the pandemic, but it's like an album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I've just been, that's been kind of my, my pandemic experience is, uh, trying to, trying to learn to do a bunch of stuff that I've, I've, uh, always kind of shied away from before. <laughs> Hmm. So what, what what else have you tried to figure out how to do? Um, Did you hop on that sourdough train? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I mean the, you know the the recording has been the, the been the main thing, but uh, you know we're also getting creative uh, with uh, mixing drinks. Uh, oh, very good. Definitely a lot of that. Because uh, a lot of no one else of, is going to make it for you. Exactly. A lot of new in, new ingredients and uh, trying to trying to kind of mark time by like, oh, this is, this is Margarita week. <laughs> or this is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is old fashioned week. Or, uh, you know, trying to, trying to give ourselves a little bit of structure. <laughs> That's great. Uh, maybe I should do that instead of just like draining boxes of wine at an alarming weight <laughs> <rate> every night. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a benefit to the, the booze con- your booze consumption being like spread across multiple like lots of different bottles because then it doesn't seem like very much <laughs> oh good i'm <laughs> glad you're <laughs> glad you're finding some kind of structure um i don't i don't remember exactly why y'all moved to colorado i feel like was it because of a program Aren't you all both philosophers, you and Domenica? Uh, yes, I'm a I'm a recover uh, recovering philosopher. Um, <laughs> Domenica, my wife is is uh, is a professor at uh, Colorado State University. So that's, that's what it. that's what brought us here um, uh, about about two years ago. And and I guess you're like professing 
non-philosophy now <laughs> or like yeah if I'm, you're uh, recovering <laughs> <laughs> yes um well uh you know i i still we still talk about it and you know uh i'm still interested in it but we um but all my all my work nowadays is is music that's awesome just yeah. like te- teaching and yeah. you know making albums <laughs> have you have you made an attempt to teach this specific old time guitar style do you have, have any acolytes i have, have you one, started a cult I, yet I, I have one acolyte right now great um, and it's great uh, so it's been really it's been really interesting having to kind of try and verbalize some of the things i'm doing um, I would imagine there would be a fair amount of sort of intuition built into you developing your technique and maybe it's helpful to have to explain it. Yeah, I often I often make this, you know, it's it's something that, that came up when I was in grad school and like teaching as well. Yeah, just just the, the, the contrast between, your, you know, the fact that there might be a really stark contrast between the kind of the frame of mind that you're in when you're when you learn this thing and the way you learn it. And then transferring that into a form that other people can learn from um, is definitely not always straightforward. And often you don't figure it out until you're in the classroom or in the lesson where this thing that you thought was just, oh, it's just like, obviously that's what you do. Um, You you realize that it's not very obvious. (laughs) And you're like, okay, actually, wait, I need to start about three steps back from where I was, uh, where I was thinking I needed to start. And... So it's but it's been really fun. Um, uh, the student of mine is is uh, is yeah, just uh, kind of chugging along, and 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 I feel like it's actually going pretty well. Which I was I was worried that this was uh, that that it would be a spectacular failure, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's going well. Yeah, I mean that must that must be validating then to uh, you know because if you like make a new technique or a new style of playing and no one else will learn how to do it, then it's like, well, maybe this is just some sort of weird thing in my brain or my anatomy. And, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. And making money, you know, it's hard to make money doing trad music and you have to be able to teach it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, so, uh, no, it is, it's validating. Um, to just just that any just that anybody was came up to me and was just like, hey, I want to play like that, um, yeah. rather than being like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I want to regard you as a, as a novelty from a distance. Yeah, it's like <laughs> teach me. Yeah, that's great. Well, what else are we gonna play? Um. Well, while I'm in G tuning, I was thinking about um, high up on tug. Oh, great. One of the all-time great uh, old-time tune titles. Yeah, yeah. It's very enigmatic. Until I just re- until I realized, you know, what the tug was, and then it was. Do you want to? Because I don't know what it is. Uh, I at least as I gather, it's a it's a it's a it's a tributary. Uh, it's a river. A specific one. Yeah, yeah. The Tug River. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Well, that's at least one of the speculations that I that I heard is that. The, so I don't have to put the like explicit tag for this episode or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I was ty- when I was thinking about what to call the album, uh, yes, there was the possibility of you know it's a it's a real classic old time move to name your album after a tune. 
Yes. Uh, and it's, you know, one of them, it's a way of streamlining that whole process, <laughs> that yeah. whole process of thinking of, of a title. Um, I've streamlined it, the process in other ways by calling it old time guitar. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> which yeah, I was surprised no, to find, it. yeah, surprised to find that, that there wasn't an album called that. Oh my goodness. No way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense that there isn't one. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because usually like the, the front person of, you know, the band wouldn't necessarily be the old time backup guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And so, uh, you wouldn't name the album that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking advantage of this, of this niche, uh, while I can. Um, no, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you've done that because, um, as much as I love the name get up in the cool, um, even just like a lot of old time players don't know that that's a tune title and they think that I'm being some kind of like gatekeeper <laughs> in deciding who's cool in the community, which I hate. <laughs> I'm not going to change the name, but like just a reminder, everyone it's an Eck Robertson tune. Uh, it just means, uh, I don't know, getting up in, in the morning when it's cool out to get yeah. your work done. That's all that means. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, you know, when I was looking through the, the titles of tunes on my album and thinking, you know, if I were to call it after something, what would it be? You know, a lot of them are, a, a lot of the tune, the titles weren't really fitting. And I thought, High Up on Tug is definitely, is definitely unique enough. It's people a strong choice. People who aren't old time musicians, uh, on the other hand, might, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't necessarily want to, want to, that's a, that's a, that's a wrong, but a really foreseeable interpretation. Uh, yeah <laughs> there's a lot that, of directions you could go with that i don't want to deal with well let's get high up on tech <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, even even all the way up there, I'm still hearing you go clunk, 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 clunk on the <laughs> on on the head of the of the guitar. That rhythm's still going. So uh, we have one more tune to go before we talk about where to go to buy your album and etc. and other ways to buy your music, whether it's a good or a service. <laughs> um, but before we do that, what are we going to play next? I'm going to play uh, Ducks on the Mill Pond. Great. Is, is there a particular version that, that you're em- playing? Or? Yeah, Emmett Lundy. Emmett Lundy. Great. Cool. Uh, but I'll need, to, uh, I'll need a tune first. Yeah, what, what, just for uh, for the record, uh, and be, to assuage people's curiosity who um, might be interested in your approach, what tuning are you going to for this one? Uh, the last uh, the last tunes are going to be in standard. Cool. tag (laughs) (laughs) yeah the uh when i when i figured that out i i was very happy with myself like it's just just i love that like i i always like those like extra you know just slightly longer tag than you're expecting yeah (laughs) (laughs) well we have one more tune but before we do that where do we go to get 
old time guitar. <laughs> I've never heard it. I haven't heard it put like that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> curious. Um, so uh, yeah, you can probably the best place to go is my website, which is www.markharrisguitar.com. And uh, that will have links to my Bandcamp, where you can where you can purchase my album, uh, and my YouTube channel, where you can see various various other examples of me playing. And uh, Great. yeah, um, and or you can also reach out to me um, uh, through my website for a teaching I offer to be uh, other acolytes. Yeah, see if <laughs> I can I can grow my cult a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hope some folks do. I would love to play with more people who play like that. <laughs> so that would be great. In the meantime, I'll settle for just having you every once in a while when we're in the same city at the same time. But uh, but someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's something that there's something sort of exciting but scary about that. You know, there's I, I think as you've talked about on your podcast before, there's the there's you know. Old time musicians have the kind of you know there's the old time police, but then there's the internalized old time police. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we gotta uh, you know, abolish or at least defund most of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because seriously, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a little bit scary, like you know, like uh, you know, thinking about like being the epicenter of. Uh, more people playing like me uh so if there are <laughs> i would i would love for you to be a controversial figure someday <laughs> in the old-time guitar world uh, that, nothing would make me happier oh uh, i can only hope <laughs> yeah what a great problem to have <laughs> let's make it happen people <laughs> all right what do you want to play for the last team uh i'm gonna play uh benton's dream Wonderful. I love this tune. Thanks for thanks for coming back on the show, Mark. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. I'm really curious to see what you're going to do with this tune because this tune is sort of like pure id in the way that Benton Flippin plays it and it's like kind of not a tune. Uh <laughs> yeah, I there's like a, there's a big piece of the tune missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like i have no idea what you're about to play and like even like fiddlers who try to like play the tune and like you can always hear it but it's like i've, I've never heard anyone play it like benton and i think it's just a i'm i'm wildly curious i guarantee you about I, to hear i guarantee i will play it nothing like benton <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's no one the one does. thing we that's the one thing you can be sure of <laughs>
Visit Mark's website at markharrisguitar.com to find a link to buy his new album, Old Time Guitar, on Bandcamp, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and contact him for guitar lessons. Old Time Guitar is available on all the streaming platforms. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend, or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. And if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>